everlasting to everlasting. He is God. He puts us on this earth and he says, and you are but grasshoppers. There are rulers and they will fall before God. All of men think we are so wonderful. And we hold our hands and we say, we are the people of God. And yet we die and become nothing. We shine bright for 70 years, maybe 90 if you have the strength, and then you become nothing. Dust. Man is not as great as we think we are. And if we are to live beyond this world of sin and death, we need a Savior. And Paul comes and he talks about how he becomes everything to all people. To the weak, he becomes weak. To the Jews, become Jews. To the Gentiles, Gentiles. He goes and becomes what they are, not in sin, but he goes to where they are. And he communicates with them. And he talks to them. And he lets them know his love for Jesus so that he might win some. Oh, it's, it's, such, it's such a discouraging process if you've ever, ever tried to share your faith. You know the discouragement. You take on a person as a plan, and that person rejects everything you have to say. No matter how hard you try, no matter how often you say it, no matter how hard you pray, they're stubborn willfulness desists any further advance of the gospel. And it's discouraging. And yet we continue to do it. Why? So that we might save. We become all things for all people. We go out into our community all the time. But I represent Christ so that I might save some. That's how desperate it is. Get out there and save some. Even it's just a few. That's what Jesus was doing. He was out there. He was healing. He was casting out demons. And of course, this caused a buzz so that people wanted to know what was going on. And Jesus used the casting out of demons and the healing of the sick as a a bully pulpit for his message. The casting out of demons and the healing of the sick said the whole people were gathered at the city door. All the people were ready to hear what this healer, this one who cast out demons had to say, and his healing gave credence to his message. I am the Lord. I am God. Let me tell you what I can do. Let me tell you who I am. Let me tell you what I offer to save sinners from eternal death, to save sinners from the dusty grave, and to give eternal life to all who believe in me. I am God. I heal like God. I cast out demons like God. I cure the ill like God. And everyone must believe in me to be saved. What a message. And the message hasn't changed. The mission hasn't changed in 2,000 years to tell everyone what He has done. 
Christ is no longer here to preach and teach. Now it's our job. Now it's the church's tasks. And everybody says, well, that's what we pay the pastor so much for. That's the pastor's job to tell everyone what he has done. With all the tasks and duties of the pastor in order to get out into the community and, and, and save some, I certainly do that. But it's not my job. He commissions the church. He commissions his children. He commissions you to go out in Spencer, Iowa and tell them what God has done. And it's a theme. It's a theme that gives God all the glory. It's a theme where we don't tell our story, we tell His story. Christ is no longer here, so He gives us that that joy of telling others what He's done and who He is and why we love Him and why we'll live forever with Him. Share the confident faith you have. Our kids go to school, they don't want to talk about Jesus. I talk to our kids at school, I say, have have you talked about Jesus with your friends in confirmation? No, we don't ever talk about Jesus with our friends. Do you talk about Jesus at school? No, we don't ever talk about Jesus at school. Do you ever pray before you eat your meals? No, we don't ever pray before we eat our meals. Tell everyone what he has done. Let everyone know who this God that you know to be, who has saved your soul, so that by your witness, some may be saved. We know the story of Jesus, the gospel. We know the good news. It's not a difficult story. He suffered and he died that sinners might live and rose again. So that we who die then will rise again with him in his second coming and he will create a new heaven and he will create a new earth and he will give us sinless bodies where our sinless souls will then live in his sinless presence and he will be our God and we will be his people for all eternity serving him in his kingdom. Until then, he was nailed upon the cross and he suffered and died that we might believe in him. A hymn writer says it well. My burden in thy passion, Lord, thou hast borne for me. For it was my transgression which brought this woe on thee. It was my sin. It was my burden that was placed on Christ that caused the cross. And I appreciate what Jesus has done for me. I hate to be too haughty, but I do believe I'd die for him. I would not be surprised if at the moment I'd become like Peter and run. But I'd like to think that he means enough to me that I'd lay down my life for him. Not to mention to share my faith. To tell others what he has done. And to commit my life to doing that. And so now we ask, 
What has God done for us? What makes his message so compelling? What makes his message so important? You know, if we think about our friends, our family, our brothers, sisters, our moms and dads, our grandpas and grandmas, our neighbors, think about those people in your life, what we know to be true, and to consider some of them be lost is more than we can bear. And Jesus has sent somebody to save them. And he sent the Holy Spirit to equip you, to give you the words, to tell everybody what he has done, to share his faith, to share your faith with others. But as you do, you'll be met with opposition. It's not an easy task. Not only will they not listen to your message, some of you will find that the friends you had will no longer be your friends. But I try becoming all things for all people. I try humbling myself so that I can gain some. The Apostle Paul was a great preacher. Gave his life to proclaiming Jesus. To the weak I became the weak that I might win the weak. To the Jews I became a Jew. And I did it all for the gospel's sake. The gospel. The good news. The story about Jesus. How he came to earth. How he was born in a manger. How he cast out demons and healed the sick. How he has the power to make the starry host. And now he has the power to name them all. And how he makes kings and rulers to become nothing like grasshoppers upon the earth. And how he reigns and rules over them. And how he, the king, will come someday. And today is our opportunity. Today is the day for our salvation. For the gospel's sake. For the story of Jesus. And so Paul was commissioned to preach. This congregation is being commissioned to tell the good news today. People today are looking for a purpose in life. We are living in a day where people literally don't know who Adam and Eve are. We live in a world today where people couldn't tell you the name of Jesus' parents. We're living today in an unevangelized world. My sons have gone through our school system. They have tried to share the message of Christ to their friends at school. It's not an easy proposition. In fact, it's so difficult that they get made fun of. And people laugh at them, but they respect them. They respect their kindness and their love and their concern and their compassion. But they reject the message. We're co-workers, co-workers with the Holy Spirit. We are the ones who are commissioned to get out and tell everyone what He has done and what that means. To not keep the gospel hidden under a bushel. Oh no! Let your lamp be on a hill that it might shine and that all might see the good news and the hope that lives in you. 
the story, the gospel that you share, a savior that you bear to the world. Surely, surely you're not saying, well, it doesn't matter to me. I don't want to share the gospel. I don't want to share the story of salvation. I don't see the need. Surely we can't say, I refuse to heed Christ's commission. I don't appreciate all that he's done for me enough. God doesn't deserve my devotion. There's a story about Joe, and he refused to help his friend. He was his best friend. And his best friend, his buddy, couldn't believe Joe wouldn't help him. And he said, Joe, we've been best friends since World War II. Who was it that saved your life in the battlefield? Joe said, well, you did. And when you got back, when we got back stateside, who, who was it that tutored you through college? And Joe said, you did. And when your child got that illness that was so expensive, who was it that helped you pay for the expenses? And Joe said, you did. And when you lost your job, who was it that found you a new job that gave you more salary? And Joe said, you did. Well, then why won't you help me when I need your help, when I, I need your help so much? And Joe said, what have you done for me lately? Story makes a point because I sometimes wonder, I, I bet many of you deep inside simply don't want to. You don't want to share the faith. You don't want to tell your friends. Again, I talked to my confirmands, and I had one confirmand one time tell me, we never talk about Jesus in our home. We come to church every Sunday, but once we leave and we go out into that parking lot, there's nothing. We don't share Jesus at home. We don't have prayers. We don't even tell our children what Jesus has done. We've got a couple signs. I don't think they're up yet. They're going to be up very soon. And as you drive out of our parking lot, a sign about this big, you're entering the mission field. So that you might know who you are and where you're going and who you represent to tell everyone what he has done, to tell the gospel story. Not your story. His story. Jesus says that repentance and forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in His name to all the nations. Sometimes we need to hear those words again, don't we? And it's challenging and it's difficult. That Jesus died to save us, though, the message isn't difficult. What's difficult is the words as they come out to our friends and to our family and to our co-workers and to our neighbors and to our acquaintances and, and to the lady at the checkout counter and to your waitress. I'm a Christian. Jesus loves me. He loves you too. What a challenge it is to tell a lost generation about a Savior. To tell a people who are walking in darkness 
and be sure that our pe- the people today are walking in darkness. They're perfecting sin. They're inventing new ways to disobey God. And what a challenge we have as the morals and values of the worlds are crumbling beneath our feet. And yet, now is the best opportunity. People are looking for meaning. They don't know where to find it. People are looking for purpose, but they don't know what their purpose is and what a message we have. Because we know the purpose, we know the meaning, we know the good news, we know the gospel, we know the story, to tell everyone what Christ has done. In our gospel lesson, Jesus went to people. And he went to people one by one. Oh, he preached to the crowds, but then he would heal them one by one. And one by one, he sent out his disciples. And his disciples met the people. And one by one, they would talk. And one by one, they would discuss. And now Jesus sends us out that one by one, that you might touch one person for the sake of the gospel. And he sends us to friends and he sends us to children, our children. He sends us to our brothers and sisters, to our neighbors, to people at work, to our, our people at school, to our teachers, to our waitresses, to our acquaintances. One by one to tell everyone what he has done. If we're to save souls, if the church is to continue to stand, we must remember our mission. For to lose it would be to lose the church. If we were to keep the church from serving man rather than serving God, we will fall and become irrelevant. We must proclaim His Word. We must call sinners to repentance. Call sinners to their knees to call upon God, Lord, have, per- have mercy upon me, a sinner. Forgive me and guide me to the ways of eternal life so that we all might be saved by the blood of Jesus. And tell everyone what he has done. Amen.